This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. It's been a manic few days at Kenilworth Road with deadline day and a couple of fixtures. But as we stand, we sit fourth from the championship and we have some signings to talk about and then there's also another home game to look forward to. So all is looking up at the moment and joining me today, I have a full call. I've got Jamie Castle, Stephen Day and Dylan Bundia. Jamie, first of all, how are you getting on? Yeah, brilliant. Fresh from a, a, a little weekend break in, in Eindhoven and Cologne and it's good to have the four of us back again together. It's been a while, that's for sure. Stephen, how about you, mate? Uh, recovering from the uh, weekend in Eindhoven and Cologne. <laughs> um, but yeah, not too bad. Back to work now. And yeah, um, unfortunately, the, I got a little bit ill and I missed last night's game, but feeling better today. So all good. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Unfortunately, you were ill, but fortunately, you missed the game because you are such a bad luck charm this season. It's <laughs> hey, away games are fine. I'm fine at away, away games. Game. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll let you have that. But yeah, stop stop going to Kenilworth Road. Dylan, what about you? Yeah, good mate. Can't say I've had uh, as good a weekend as Jamie and Stephen, but um, but yeah, no, good good to be back and yeah, good to be here, mate. Brilliant. And as I mentioned there, we've got a lot to pack into this episode. Of course, we've got the FA Cup to talk about. We've got a replay at Grimsby and the winner goes to Southampton, which, of course, is Nathan Jones's side. Very, very, um, I guess, enticing game. Real incentive to go and, and win that replay against Grimsby, um, not only because it's the fifth round of the competition next, but it's a chance to play Southampton under Jones. Also going to look over Cardiff. Uh, Elijah Adebayo's 88th minute winner secured the points for us and a spot back in the playoff positions. It was also deadline day yesterday, so we'll speak about the latest on that front and we'll end it with a Stoke preview. We never like playing Stoke, um, but hopefully... It's another three points in the bag. That's what we'll all be hoping. We'll go on to the FA Cup first and, and Grimsby. It was a two-all draw at Kenilworth Road. Grimsby impressed me. They, they were a side that, you know, of course, they, they were looking to frustrate. But when they got the ball down and, and when at, at moments they worked as well and, and played some good football. So as annoying as going to Grimsby midweek and, and adding them, another game into what is a hectic schedule. Um, fair play to them, I guess. Yeah, to to be fair, Grimsby, you know, I 
seen them play earlier in the season. Um, they obviously beat uh, they beat Argyle five one five nil I think in the cup um, earlier in the in the season. They're a very dangerous team. They've you know Paul Hurst is a, is a decent manager and and yeah you know what fair play to them because I think I remember when you know when we were that League Two team going to a Championship club. You know, there's a real good feel about it, and and you 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 go there and you're aggressive and you're hungry and you try and do the stuff well and you've got nothing to lose and I think that's a really, really uh, a really dangerous mindset when you when you have nothing to lose almost. You know, there is stuff to lose, but it, it, not really. You know, everything's to gain, and and they they showed that. So you know what, fair play to Grimsby. Let's give them a lot of respect, and they've earned a replay, and now we have to go to them and and on a Tuesday night away and and get the result because on the end of the tie is a, is a lovely game against um, Nathan Jones in Southampton. Um, and, and with the greatest respect, as Nathan Jones would say, with the greatest respect, Southampton are beatable. They are beatable. So, you know, um, yeah, it'll be fair play to Grimsby. Um, I thought they were very good. Yeah, as we say there, Blundell Park has been a dangerous place for us to go in, in recent years. We've had our difficulties there, so of course we won't be underestimating how difficult of a tie it will be there. But as we say, Jamie, the prospect of facing Nathan Jones is Southampton. Um, I think looking at it, there's a lot of pressure on Jones here. There'll be a lot of pressure on Jones should this should this come around. Of course, he's walked into a difficult situation Um you know, his interviews are, are being shared around um, non-stop on, on Twitter and other socials. Uh, you know, we're thriving away from home as well when we don't see too much of the ball. It's a very, very good opportunity. Massive. And I think in reality, if we're looking at it, it's probably what, probably the, the perfect tie that we could have got. I think it's a Premier League away day. It's a ground that I've done, but not with Luton. I, I went there with England, so... but to do it with Luton, it would be great. Um, and I think, as, as, as Dylan said, it, they are beatable. No, absolutely, that they are beatable. It's it's a side that's in, in transition. They've got a new manager who, obviously, we, we know a lot about, but as uh, as a club, he's still got a, a lot, uh, he's still got a lot of work to do. Um, and ultimately, our players know him as well and he knows the style of play. So, if there's a team of players that know how to beat Nathan Jones it's probably a, a side that was built by Nathan Jones um, so we're suddenly looking at if we can get past Grimsby and again like it's, we still have to beat we still have to beat them and I don't want to I don't want the fans to, to lose perspective of actually we've been in in, 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 the, in, the, in the position of Grimsby and um, in terms of beating big sides um, but yeah if, if we get past them then we are suddenly got a tie away at Southampton and a potential quarter final, which would be pretty unbelievable to, to think of Luton being in, in in the last day of the cup. And obviously, we've got to win two games to to, to, to get there. But for that to be a possibility at the stage is is fantastic. Stephen, how are you seeing this one? Should we beat Grimsby? Do you think? that all the pressure is then on Southampton and, and subsequently Nathan Jones. Will we come and play with that kind of freedom? Or, you know, as, as sort of Jamie alluded to there, Jones knows us as well as, as we know him. So, so what kind of, uh, what side of the fence do you sit on? Um, well, you can say that we should beat a lot of teams realistically. Um, looking at our position on the table, we, you know, shouldn't have lost to Newport in the League Cup. We shouldn't have drawn 2-2 against Grimsby. You can say it should all you like, but it doesn't work like that in football, really. So I, I'm I'm on the uh, on the side of we have to go there and play well. We can't just think that we deserve to win. I don't know what the performance was like on Saturday. Um, so I wasn't there and all that. Um, but it depends on really what we want. Do we... Do we want to try and focus on the league and get some more players fit? Because obviously we've got some players coming back from loan and not got some new players in, bigger chance to get some minutes in them. But do we want to risk a away game at Southampton? And, and you know, it'll be all depending on what, what Edwards wants, really. And, and obviously if we get Southampton away, that'll be brilliant. And I think in that event... There's a, a good amount of pressure on both teams because 
will have the sort of pressure, in my opinion, of like trying to show him up, I guess. Obviously, massive pressure on him to get a result because in reality, they should be beating us. And But as Jamie said, it would be a brilliant tie and a brilliant chance for us to get into the quarterfinals. And yeah, I, I, I want it to happen, but at the same time, I want promotion and... And yeah, I don't know if uh, a cup run would, you know, hinder our chances of getting playoffs. I think at this stage you just have to go with with the flow. I think you just have to take your game as it comes, and I think the momentum of going to Saints, beating Saints, I think would be massive for our season. And I think as it is, the calendar has been a bit a bit mental anyway, like because of the the condensed season with the World Cup. It's not like it's been a a normal season fixture wise. So I think from a fixture list perspective, our squad is, I think, deep enough. Um, and I think we'd get a lot more from playing that Southampton game. And if we if we won it, then obviously going into a quarter final. Um, yeah, I think, uh, for, for my opinion, I think Edwards just, just takes every game as it comes. You, you go into every game to win it. Definitely an exciting one on our hands should we get past Grimsby as we keep saying. We'll go on to Cardiff now and there was a lot to like about the performance sort of individual battles wise but but of course Cardiff made it difficult. We knew Cardiff were going to make it difficult. I know they've been on a poor run but no team has gone gone and played them and, and sort of played Mucker Park and, and scored a few goals against them. They've always been tight games. So Dylan, starting with you here, um, I think the, the first place to, to go is Cody Drame. Um, his first start, it was a real, real insight to what we can expect from him. Um, real athleticism, real sort of directness about him. How impressed were you by, by his performance? Yeah, really impressed. Really impressed. And I think, um, you know, he's a very different type of player to J- James Bree. And in terms of, you know, Bree's not as much of a ball carrier, but, you know, Drame is as you say, very, very athletic, gets up and down. Um, you know, you could hear Rob Edwards on the on the video, you know, screaming at him to get higher up the pitch because we wanted to clip it um, in behind, you know, whereas maybe we, we would try a little stuff a little bit differently. But no, really, really good signing. Um, I think if Bree, was, Bree went, you know, we obviously needed someone to to fill that hole and, and Drama is an excellent, excellent addition. Real good ball carrier, gets up and down. Um, some of the deliveries as well, that one in the first, I think it was five minutes where he just flashed it across goal absolutely perfect um you know can't really do anything more with that so yeah no really 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 exciting first performance and and much needed um in terms of you know james Bree is a big big hole to fill um but in coded drama we've we've got probably one of the best options that that we could possibly get out there and there would have definitely without shadow of doubt been a lot of other championship teams looking at him um so for us to get him is 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 massive um and then hopefully you know now we've got him doughty and bell um, and then Fred back as well, so we've got good depth um, in those in those wing back areas, which is going to be really really important going into this busy run of games. I bet that Cardiff left back last night was thinking he had what seventy minutes against Drame, and then oh yeah, here comes Fred. Yeah. What a shift! You you do not want that at all. Like come on. Yeah, Jack Simpson. We were trying to just clip it over him because he's a centre half naturally, and he's yeah. not the most athletic. Which is why I think Rob was telling him just get higher and let's let's try and clip it a little bit, um, and just get you running off the shoulder because Jack Simpson ain't uh, an up and down fullback. Um, so yeah, no, I mean Fred and and Drame is decent, and then you get Bell and Bell and Doughty <laughs> on the other side, and you're like, yeah, we've we've got a bit, of, we've got something going on in wide areas at the minute. So it's good, it's good yeah. to see, good to have, good to have players back. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got a three out of ten. Looking at Wales online player ratings, he, he got a three out of ten, which I think pretty much says it all about um, the difficulties he had last night. And as we mentioned there, Drame on one side, um, Dowerty on the other, who, who last season were, were playing together in that Cardiff side, and and those were the two that were really, really causing problems. Quite weird to see that, but it was good uh, for our perspective because they just continued to hurt them throughout the game and um, yeah got a just rewards at the end um, special mention has to go to Tom Lockyer um, I heard that he won man of the match so I was watching the game back um, so I'm not scrutinising his performance but really taking a look at and he was absolutely fantastic barely put a foot wrong and you know he's, he's not the most 
physically imposing defenders, but he wins everything. It's just something about him that he, he, I don't know if it's the how how well he reads the game, but he just seems to be in the right place in the defensive sense and, and wins everything. It's just really, really good to see. Yeah, I think it's that reading element, as you say, Billy. I think, like you say, he's, he's not the tallest or the biggest, but when when that ball comes over, he knows exactly where where to plant himself and just just hold that that centre forward off. Um, and he's 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 now played basically he's played every single one of like the, the, the big forwards in, in the league now, and I can't really think of a forward that had a field day against him. Um, okay, a forward might have scored or, or, or whatever, but in terms of for ninety minutes, that they always had a tough job against Lockyer, um, and he's just so reliable. Always puts in a seven, eight out of ten, really, and it's, it's very rarely he puts in a three or four out of ten. Um, and again, just in terms of our recruitment, someone that we that we got on a three, um, just yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And then going on to Jordan Clark. Um... Not too much we can probably add at the moment because he's just been been incredible, um, you know. But he's switching from being a six to an eight, um, just con- constantly switching between the two positions, in with ease. Really, there's there's no real um, issues with that. Um, but it's just his how brave he is and how intelligent and sort of that, that those jinking runs he makes. He's just such a great player to have on the ball, off the ball. Um, He's just a real gem, isn't he? I love him. I mean, I think for me, technically, he is out and out our best player, I think, in terms of on the ball, just the way he can just drive. And he's just, even physically, he's, he's again, a bit like Lockie. He's, he's, he's not big or anything, but he just manages to sort of hassle players but when he's on the ball, he just does stuff. And I, I, I brought a mate from work last night, and I, he, he was asking me sort of players to look out for. And I, I mentioned Clark as, as, as one player to, 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 to look at. And he said, he said like after the game, he, he was just so impressive, um, in terms of the way he was on the ball. He just carried it. He just looked like it was just effortless the way he could just switch it. He switched the play to the left and the right occasionally, and it's yeah, he's just brilliant. I think again. Like Lockyer to get him on a free as a right wing from from Accrington to now be a top six championship centre mid is just ridiculous. And I don't want to go too ahead myself because there's a lot of football still to play and we're we're of course in a good position, but but things can quickly change. But Stephen, say in a year's time or six months time, whenever. Say we are a Premier League side. Is Jordan Clark the kind of player that that could step up and play Premier League football? Uh, if I had a glass ball, I'd probably be able to uh, to answer that. Um, in in my opinion, I'd worry about his physical presence, um, but it's just so hard to know, isn't it? Like I I love him, but. There's sometimes I think like, um, I think was it West Brom at home? I I felt like the game just completely passed him by and there's not anything that he's done wrong. It just sometimes it feels like if he's not in the game, he's really not in the game. You just don't notice him at all. Um, But I think I'm just like clutching at straws or something because he is is wonderful um, for us at the moment. And I think... I have, I have the doubts if, if he'd be able to, but I, as Jamie said, as we all probably do, love him. Absolutely love him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely love him. And another player that's enjoying his football at the moment, um, Elijah Adebayo, of course, had a difficult start to the campaign, but playing with so much confidence at the moment, um, scoring goals again, which, of course, is a great sign of a striker. And... I think just generally yesterday, his link-up play, he's, the ball's sticking to him again. I think that was one thing that you could tell when his confidence was low, that the ball was sort of bouncing off him. But he, he's really imposing himself and, and winning his duels. And Dylan, again, it was a, a top centre-forward display from him. Yeah, it was. It's good to have him back to his best because, you know, he struggled a little bit, this, you know, probably for the first half of the season. But look, I hope this kind of, and he took a bit of stick, which was really unfair. Because, and I hope this kind of shows and and the stuff around people may have seen 
the stuff that Sonny Bradley's put out about his kind of personal life and, and other things, you know, uh, people may have come across, you know, Jesse Lingard's story or whatever, you know, that, that these guys are humans and, and obviously Elijah's had stuff going on in his life that has been difficult for him. Um, and that has obviously influenced his football. And I, and I hope that people realise that, that you know, these guys are humans and, and they have things that mean that, you know, if you're having a difficult time off the pitch, then generally, you know, you're going to have a difficult time on the pitch. Um, and, and in those moments, we have to stick with, with these players because, they're, you know, Elijah, we all know how good he is and he just had to come through a difficult spell on and, on and off the pitch. Um, but we all know where, he, where he's at, at his best. And, and, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's really nice to have him back. And that goal was just epitomises him, doesn't it? To just completely overpowering a, a centre-back in the box and not much more to that goal, but his all-round performance, as you say, he held the ball well, carried it well. Um, and... and Obviously, now with us having lost, you know, Cameron Jerome and, and Harry Cornick, we, we're going to need him at his best. And it's ironic because we brought in Carlton Morris to, to take the burden off Elijah. But to be honest, uh, we're, we're light there and, and we're going to need Elijah at his absolute best until the end of the season now. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see him back to his best purely as well, just from a human point of view, because you can see how much he cares and, and people, you know, I remember hearing people around me saying he's not, he doesn't, he's not trying hard enough. His head's been turned. It's like, no, he's a human being. Um, who's had a difficult time uh, and we have to help him with that as, as a club. So it's really nice to see him back to his best for, for him more than anything. And as we say, confidence could have been lost with that, that penalty. Um, you know, Elijah had a bio very, very deadly from the spot and it, of course it was one of his weaker efforts, but it just shows that sort of mindset. He's back, um, you know, he's, he's sniffing out opportunities and he's definitely... You know, as we say, he's returning back to his very, very best, and that's exciting at this point of the season. Um, you mentioned there, Dylan, about taking the burden off Adebayo with the addition of Morris. Well, he just seems at the moment that, that there's no stopping this goal scoring run, and he wasn't presented with too many opportunities yesterday, um, bar the, the penalty, of course. But when it mattered, right at the death, he, he comes up with the winner. Yeah, and you know what? Like, good for him, and it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so pleased for him, you know. And, and I think as well with with the whole piece around taking the burden off him. You know, I saw that. I've seen that. Uh, Hiltz isn't getting much game time at Northampton, so we could try and maybe go back in for him if he fancies a game. But, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting because those two are going to have to carry a lot of, of weight on their shoulders. Um, but it's you know, the, at least they're back to their best. Well, Carlton Morris has always been at his best, but you know, at least Elijah's back to his best now and. And hopefully they can just carry on and it would just be a challenge to manage them physically and make sure that they're working at, at their optimal um, over the next few months. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On to yesterday's deadline day. Um, and I think the message going into January and, and probably right up until maybe the 26th or 27th was that there was not going to be much done at all. And then, of course, outgoings can dictate how the rest of the window goes. And I think that's the... The path it eventually followed, but we'll speak first about this notion of not adding a defender. Um, of course, we're as a club, the stance has always been you're not going to add players for the sake of filling that the 25 man squad quota. That's not something we do. We we add if they're going to improve us. Do you think that's sort of the main message we've got? 
from the fact that we didn't add somebody, the fact that we didn't find or somebody wasn't available that was better for what we're trying to do? I think ultimately, like the the club, the board, the manager, just the the the, the team behind the scenes would have tried their best to find a defender, be it left or right foot centre half, to come in and improve our 11, 18, 25, whatever. Yeah, and it didn't happen. I mean, we all know January is is the hardest window of the two. Um, and yeah, obviously we all, all would have loved a centre half, but I think this this notion of oh we're going to really struggle without that that extra body or that, that extra defender, I think is a is a bit bit sort of misplaced. Obviously we're fourth at the table as it is, and I think okay, yeah, there's, there's been a few injuries there previously, and we've lost Pre, who's been able to fill in, but. Fundamentally, we've got Burke, Osho, Lockyer, Bradley, Potts, Bell, who could all play across that that back three. Um, and there's probably what one or two behind them that, that could fill in if if the worst comes to the worst. So I think we, we, we do have six bodies for three positions there. And I think just to bring in a seventh as a just-in-case someone gets injured is probably a bit too much, especially to, to, to sort of go up, to go good to go over and above four for that person. Obviously, there's rumours of Steve Cook on deadline day, which would have been a great signing, but it didn't happen. You say that Forest, so yeah, I think everyone just needs to chill out a little bit. We're fourth in the championship, for God's sake. Yeah, I think you're right there. Steve Cook, from from many different sources, was was rumoured with Luton, and that's the notion I think we're getting at that he would have improved the situation. Couldn't get him for whatever reason that was, and then. We didn't panic. We didn't go into a state of, oh, we need to find somebody now. We, we just let the situ- situation play out. Of course, we've had our difficulties with injuries. But, you know, that that's not... As you've reeled off there, there's six players that can play in those three positions. Um, I think Bell last night hasn't played too many minutes as a left-side centre-back, but I thought he was really, really good. Uh, probably deserves more of a mention than, than I gave him. But he had a very, very good game there and, and defensively he's resilient. He can carry the ball out. He, he does a lot of the right things that, that we want from a centre-back. So, you know, why not continue trusting him there and, and bring somebody else in? If, for example, you agree a deal for a Premier League centre-back, then that hinders development within your own ranks. So, yeah, there's a lot of arguments that could go both ways. Like I definitely, definitely get that. But, the club had their stance and they they kept through with that. They they kept their sort of um, well kept that stance going through right until the the very closing stages of the window. And I think that's what us Luton fans have got to respect. Going on to a couple of additions and um, the first one, um, I don't want to I don't want to do it because everybody else has done it. But what a marvelous addition! in marvellous Nakamba. Um, 29 years old, Premier League experience, um, either Europa League or Champions League experience, I don't remember which, but also an international um, combative midfielder. It looks a good addition. I think West Brom were, were in the running at one point as well for him. So, so the fact that you know we're, we're competing in that particular market against a, a club with the pulling power of West Brom, um, I guess that that's all leads to a positive addition. Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Um, we've needed a, a, a more natural deep lying midfielder for a while. You know, we've kind of had to shoehorn Clark into there. Clark's done a decent job, but Clark's more effective higher up the pitch um, in slightly wider areas. So yeah, great addition. Um, just helps out Louis Watson as well, because we don't want to give too much put too much burden on him because he's been our really only natural deep liar. And then we've obviously got, you know, the likes of Campbell and Pelly and Berry and Clark and Woodrow as well, who can play in those more advanced roles. So it just adds a bit of balance. Um, you know, he's good. In, he's decent in possession. He'll give us a lot out of possession. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Um, much needed and just lifts the burden on a couple of others and allows us to just push some others further forward up the pitch. Um yeah, fantastic. Just, just, just exactly what we needed. Um, and I wonder what that deal looked like because obviously they, you know, Villa spent like ten million on, I think, on him. 
So I can't imagine when they got promoted to the Premier League. So I, I can't imagine his, his wages are, are low. Um, so the fact that we've managed to get him, you know, I think was a big, big surprise. So but a massive coup, massive coup. Um, and someone who's going to really help us um, moving forwards towards the end of the season and just just lightening the load on a few others and helping us get some other players in, in positions where they're more effective, I think. And then Stephen, um, the, the next dish we'll talk about, Joe Taylor, a 20-year-old striker from Peterborough United. has been in and around the first team set up for, for a while, been given sort of infrequent game time, but, but still sort of knocking on the door on a first team setting. Exciting addition, but, but I guess not someone we expect to make an immediate impact. Yeah, um, it was one that obviously came out of nowhere, really. And... Um... And a lot of, you know, there's a bit of talk from Dara, um, whatever his name is, that uh, is the owner or. I can't remember his name. He's um, owner or chairman of um, Peterborough. And he was tweeting about him earlier and he was um, saying that, you know, he's a good young talent and we've. Um, We've got some someone good on our hands there, and um, it's good to see that you know the club that he's departing from is speaking about him quite highly, especially someone quite high up. Um, and and yeah, it's it, it's exciting, but at the same time, we've brought in um, John McAtee and uh, Arabin Peppel uh, last summer, um, and you've got to think like even though we're a little bit weak in the starting eleven strikers you know, attacking forwards, that sort of position. We've um, got a lot, you know, in the background um, that we're developing. So it's, it's. I'd say it's put us, putting us in a really good position because if they don't end up making, um, you know, a difference in the first team, they're all players like, like Joe, um, could be a player that we end up making some money on and was just to help, help the club out and, yeah, so I think it's. I'm not going to expect too much of him in the next year or two. Um, he's 20 years old, I believe. So yeah, um, not not going to expect too much. But it's just something that is good that we can spend money on players that we can develop and hopefully sell on if they don't end up being part of the uh, the first team setup. And Dylan, how fitting that you're back on the podcast today. Musgrave's been recalled. You see someone that you see making an impact again because before he went out on loan to, to Fleetwood, you know, he probably had two of his better games that, that he's had for, for Luton Town. And he, you know, athleticism wise and, and, you know, running off the shoulder for the last defender, he caused a lot of problems. His loan at Fleetwood is, is I know, earned mixed reviews. But under Rob Edwards, I've clean slate and an opportunity to, to you know, improve our, our striking ranks because they've been depleted, of course, with Jerome and Harry Cornick to put out in. Do you see this as an opportunity for, for him to impress? Yeah, it's a massive opportunity because without him, we're light. So regardless of, of the arguments around, you know, the good enough, blah, 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 we need him because we haven't really got anyone else at the minute in the building. So... Yeah, no, it's a massive opportunity for him. Um, look, I, I haven't really watched much of him from his Fleetwood loan and I'll try and do that at some point because it would be interesting to see how he did. But um, but yeah, you know, from what, again, I, I know that he's had a, d- a difficult time and hasn't really impressed at championship level yet, but I still believe that there's a championship player in there and that he can get there. Now, is he going to is he gonna come in ahead of Elijah Adebayo and Carlton Morris on on ability? Obviously not. Um, but is he someone that can have an impact and that we might need? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and look at the role that people like Hiltz played last year. You know, Hiltz is, you know, he's probably, you know, he's struggling for games at Northampton at the minute, but he's had, but he started a playoff championship semi-final and did a de- good, did a good job for us last year. So, you know, I think Musquay can play that role of, you know, obviously he's not at the same level as, as the players in his position, but a squad player, someone who can rotate, someone with, as you say, good athleticism, carry the ball well receives well I think as well with with Admiral is he's he's someone who can play feet a little bit more than than Harry you know Harry is someone who's very good playing on the shoulder and running in behind um but with Rob you know he's, he's big on center forwards 
working in in certain areas to drop in and receive into feet and roll out or or set back and go um and admiral is someone who can do that um quite effectively um from what we've seen with him at luton from what we saw with him when he was at wicked wanderers um on loan from leicester um there's a talent in there and and yeah this is his opportunity and i'm sure that's the conversation that that rob's had with him and said look you know you've, you've been out now and we need you so this is your chance to come in and, and show what you can do and impress and, and be a championship player. I hope fully that, that he, he can impress. Um, but, you know, we need him. We need him in the building because obviously Joe Taylor is someone who's quite inexperienced. And, and as, as we said, you know, not, not expecting him to come in and, and start championship games anytime soon. But we need Admiral um, because it's what Elijah, Carlton Morris, Admiral Musquay, Corley Woodrow. I think that's it in terms of natural centre forwards and then Joe Taylor. So we'll need him. I think just to add to that, the question you've got to ask yourself is what do we actually need and want from him? Is it 10 goals in the next 20 games? No, because we've got, we've got Carlton for that, we've got Elijah for that, we've got Cordy for that. So we don't, we don't need him to, to suddenly turn into this 10-goal, a half-season striker. We just need him to help Elijah and Carlton with their load and, and Cordy's load. And if he comes on for 20 minutes, just be a nuisance, just sort of won the channels on the counter if we need that or or press from the front if we need that as well. Um, he's not going to come in and, 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 and score all the goals because that isn't what we need because we've got three top championship strikers for that already. Um, so and, and that applies to Peppel and, and, and if, if Taylor comes on, same to him. That, that, that we've got three, three younger ones there that in, in, realistically, that there, there is no pressure on them because the pressure is all on Carlton, Elijah, and Corley. So it's just for them just to work work the hardest and and see what they can offer us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we you know what we don't want to do is end up in a place where, um, like we were last year, where we get to the last game, this you know, which hopefully is a playoff semi final, and you know Elijah Adebayo is playing on one leg because we've just had to just play him and keep playing him and same with Carlton Morris as well. So like you say, you know, we we don't need someone. This this isn't a, a, a Southampton Paul Onuwachu signing where they need someone to come in and score ten goals and keep them in the league. You know, this is someone who, like you say, just needs to come in and stay keep it steady and, and make sure our best players are fit enough to keep going until the end of the year. On to departures and Harry Cornick is the key one that has gone this window. Um, joined in 2017, nearly 250 appearances for the club, um, important goals, a player that this year and last year I've been really, really impressed by in the championship capacity. Um, of course, him and, and Adebayo were, were a fearsome duo last time out and, and his pace has long caused havoc in this division. Sad to see him go, but with six months in his contract, uh, situation that I guess we were expecting in the back of our minds, Stephen. Yeah. Um I think I said a while ago that if it ended up with him leaving, because I think we kind of uh expected or knew that he um only had about six months left on his contract going into January. Um I think it's not so surprising, but I'm personally I'm I'm really upset about it because I've loved him every minute he's been here. Um, and it's, you know, someone that, you know, sometimes you couldn't trust that he would score a one-on-one, but, you know, you could always trust him to put in a good performance and, and annoy defenders. And, um, it's been, I'd say a very productive, you know, last, and um, six years with him. And so I think it's just a matter of, you know, give him shaking his hand and saying, thank you. And cause he's stay with us a lot longer than what some players do usually. And I think that, you know, it's a testament to the club um, and the managers we've had. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah really upsetting for me to see him go. But at the same time, it gives a chance for other players to come in. And you never know, as we spoke about Musque, he could come in and even though at Fleetwood it didn't, you know, go amazing for him, he could come in and fill that gap and become a, a good um, starting eleven player, so yeah, um, I think it's a good chance for other people to come in and um, fill that gap. Of course, recruited to help us win League Two, and then going on to to play 
sort of a, a pivotal role last year in in its side pushing for promotion in the championship. It's certainly been um, exceeded expectations. I think that's, that's fair to say, given where he was in his development when he came. But but I think that's just a testament to, to the ability he's shown and the effort he's put in. Um, something you can never doubt from Cornick was that he put a, a very good shift in and done that continuously during his Luton career. Um, shame he's gone to Bristol City though, um, especially after the Cal Smith stuff. But oh well, I'm not going to try and force a rivalry, as Bristol fans keep saying that we're, we're apparently trying to do. Um, another key departure, well, the, the only other departure on deadline day was Glenn Ray on loan to Cheltenham, one that came out of the blue, um, I, I guess. Seeing him back in in training, um, I say in training, but but um, at the brace and, and doing work on his fitness, I guess the the option was always going to be there. But but I think as reading into the situation at the moment, he's continuing to recover, and and once he's fit enough, he will go out to Cheltenham. Um, but but a League One move to get him back to full fitness. So I don't know about you, you three, but but where are, what do you think the future lies for, for Ray? Do you think he can go to Cheltenham, put in, you know, a decent shift and then, then become part of Rob Edwards' plans moving forward? Or do you think this is sort of a an easing out process? This is a start of, of Glenn Ray perhaps moving on permanently? I think it's uh, easing him out sort of thing. And, um... I don't think he's going to have a future at the club anymore, as much as I would love him to. Um, just injury. Um, I don't think he's going to come back as a, a championship quality player. He, he could easily do well at Cheltenham, but I think it's uh, hopefully a, a, I don't know how to say it, like a marketing thing for him, like putting him in the shop window, I guess, like saying, like, look, he's, you know, we're not, we're not going to have him really. And he's not, he's not really in part of our plans, but um you know, he's free to go. And I think he would do really well with leaving Luton as well for his career. Um, I think he'll probably have a a good, well, rest of his career elsewhere. And unfortunately for us and for him, but yeah, it's, for me, I just feel like it's a, a way of like, you know, easing him out and parting ways. We'll go on to Stoke now, uh, realising that we're, cre- well, we're, we're, 40 minutes in already and we haven't even started the pre uh, the preview yet so um we'll get that underway said at the start of the show never like playing stoke um there's something about it of course we got a win there last time out but still there's always something dodgy with stoke i don't know what it is um i don't know if i'll ever be able to put my finger on it but i just don't like it starting with where they're at as a club, they I think they ended the the transfer window with I guess some quite good news. They signed um, Manchester United centre back Axel Tanzabi, but of course he hasn't played a lot of football in ages, so I don't know if he'll be ready for Saturday. But I think the big news is that they lost Harry Sutar, massively, massively important for for what they do. Um, a real strong defensive presence who can play out from the back. It's definitely going to leave. A big void in their side, um, but but I guess that means it's a good time to play them when they when they're hurt by losing somebody so influential to them, Dylan. Yes, but they've signed well. You know, to be fair, if you're if you're losing Harry Suter and then bringing in Axel Tunzebe, that that's not a bad replacement. And you've already got what, Phil Jagielka, I think. Uh, you know, his experience. Ben Wilmot, very good player for the level. They brought in Josh Lauren, I think, in January as well. Um, yeah, so you know what? Like, yeah, it's it's they've lost they've lost a good player. I think it was fifteen million or something. It was a really, really, really good fee for them, and they brought in a really good replacement. So I don't think there's ever a good time to play Stoke. Um, and they brought in Ben Pearson as well, I think, from from Bournemouth on loan, who Alex Neil knows really well from Preston. They've got a lot of very good players, and they've got the front three of what is it? Uh, Dwight Gale. Uh, Dwight, oh, I should know this. Dwight Gale and a, and a couple of others, I think, was uh, Brown and and Campbell. You know, that's that's a very very good front three. So, yeah, they've lost a good player, but they're a good team. 
Uh, they've got some good players. They've got a very good manager. Um, Stoke will always be challenging for any manager, I think, even a, a manager is proven and as good as 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 um, as they've got. But yeah, you know, Stoke are, are a good side, and and it'll be a tough tough game. But look, we're we're playing well, so we'll see how it goes. But I don't think the the suitor thing will will massively influence the game, especially given the fact he's been injured for most of the season. I think with a, with an ACL or something. So. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a tough game regardless. I don't think the suitor thing will will have a massive impact at all. And Jamie, um, we spoke a little bit before we started the show about um, Cardiff's approach, how they they get, again gave us a lot of the ball, and that's usually resulted this season in us struggling to break teams down and dropping points. Do you see a similar approach? Do you think Stoke will allow us to have the ball and and deploy somewhat of a low block and and be happy to camp in um will it be down to us to create and and you know use players like clark to their their fullest extent um or do you think that they'll be a bit more um attack minded and, and sort of go for broke no i think that they're currently in a place where a point at looting is probably a decent result for them um and with the front three as Devin said of brown gale and campbell it's 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 a pretty quick front three, right? So, on the counter attack, for sure that there will be a massive threat. Threat and Alex Neal is a good manager. He, he knows how to, how to play to his his squad strengths, and that probably is is one of their their key strengths is their pace. Um, so yeah, I, I think like you said, I think Cardiff, especially on on Tuesday last night and several times this season teams have come to us very differently this season compared to last season they've they've treated us with a lot more respect than they may have done last year um and it's, it it has been frustrating for us at times and i think you've seen that in our in our home record against our, our away record um so no, i think they'll, they'll definitely come to Luton on saturday and try and frustrate us um and yeah i mean it, it'd be a tough game again and I think the last time we played Stoke, I made that comment about Nick Powell and how he's always returning from injury against us. I don't know his situation at the moment, but I was just trying to find out as you're talking there if he's going to be available, if there's any sort of injury news. But two weeks ago, apparently he was injured. Um, and it's said that he was expected to be out of action for another fortnight. Um if he returns, if he plays against us, then it's typical. I just don't get how it's gone beyond coincidence that he just returns from injury every time we play and he does well. He's a very good player and he loves playing against Luton. So um, hopefully he misses the game. Um, I don't know if he played in the last one. I don't know when the last one was, but I don't know. There's just something strange going on with Nick Powell and, and Luton Town. It's, can't Maybe quite he's play. secretly a scummer. It could be, yeah, yeah, it could be. I don't know where he's from. I don't know if that might give us a little indication. Um, but yeah, of course, he's a very good player. And if he is um, in the team, I'm sure he's somebody, again, to keep an eye on. Uh, very, very clever in, in possession, out of possession. Um, yeah, very threatening player that, that I'm sure Edwards will be highlighting. Well, that leaves us to do the score predictions and I'm going to switch up the order on my screen. I'm going to go for Dylan first. Uh, I'm going to say 1-1 just because it's Stoke um, and I think they're a decent side. So I'll say 1-1. And I, I you, will Steve? be there. So uh... Yeah, that was the other deciding factor as well, to be honest. Yeah, um, I, yeah I definitely knew that before before you said it. So yeah, because Stephen's there. Um a draw. I'm going to say 1-0. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> to who? Luton. Hmm. It's, going to, it's got to be. It's got to change this time. Hmm. Has anyone, uh, has anyone predicted a, a defeat for Luton before and been right? Sure. What right with the exact scoreline? Yeah, or, right or just that we lost. No, right with the exact scoreline. I can't tell you. I should. I should record them, and I've said that before. I should record these score predictions, and you know, give give out a forfeit to to 
Stephen when he predicts that we're going to win when he's going to a game. Jamie, what about you? What are you going for? Well, in the words of Danny Hilton, PMA, let's have some positive mental attitude here, lads. Stephen will break his duck at home this weekend and it's going to be, it'll be a Luton 2-1 win. I'm, I'm Again, I'm disregarding the, the Stephen Day bad luck charm. I'm going 3-1. I'm going 3-1. I want it to be a... I'm, I'm hoping. It's my birthday. I want to have a pint with Stephen. I'm not going to... I'm not going to bring up this bad luck stuff again. I'm going for 3-1. I think it's going to be a brilliant day and we're going to go third in the championship. Let's hope so anyway. Well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the three of you for joining again. It's been good to have the four of us back on. Um, a, bit, a shout out to our socials. Of course, we are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. On YouTube, we are Oak Road Hatter. On Instagram, Oak Road Hatter Pod. And make sure to check out our website, which is www.oakroadhatter.com. Until next week, when hopefully we're talking about a fifth round of the FA Cup against Southampton if we beat Grimsby and another three points on the board. But until then, it is goodbye from us. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.